So you've come this morning and you felt, uh, you know, you might be someone who felt, you know, it's something I do every Sunday, so I'm going to turn up. You might be someone who's come this morning and felt, actually, God has something for me. The great thing about the God we serve is, wherever you're at this morning, he has something for you. And we are going to receive and take as much from God as we can this morning. We've been on this series, um, and we've been talking about encounter. We've been talking about, I think we've done freed last week. Uh, We've done loved. We've done healed. Um, Identity. We've done a lot in the last few weeks. Today, we are going to, I think probably there's one more after today, but we are going to talk about the promised. And one of the reasons why every day, and we can receive all these things that we receive and just rejoice in God, no matter what we're going through, is because we trust a God that promises. And in so many ways, we have seen him fulfill his promises. And I don't know if anyone here that is saying, I'm waiting for that promise. I am. I don't know. Is anyone here waiting for something from God? Are we? I know, let's not be very British about this. I, 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 there's some things, I, I, I'm waiting for God. I am waiting for God for something. And we all have our different journeys and different things that we go through. Today, we're going to talk on something that's a bit more difficult than normal. We're going to talk about the God that we serve. There's a question. Does he even show up when we're going through difficult times? Could he possibly show up? And we all have our difficulties. There are different things that we go through. We go through different things. So my son, I've got three children, and my 14-year-old had a very, very difficult time yesterday. And my son's difficulty was that I said, because we've been very busy at work and I've been going away a lot, so I thought, it's half term, let me take the children and go away for a few days. So I said to my son, I said, I've got a treat. We're going to go away for a few days. And he said, oh, that's great, Mum." And he said, oh, where? And I told him where he was. He was quite excited. And I said, when? I said, "Um, we'll leave very early on Wednesday. And he was depressed. That was his difficulty. And he looks really upset. And I said, tell me what's wrong. I am supposed to be going out with my friends. And I... Normally, I would think, seriously, child, get yourself together. But because God had been taking me through this journey while preparing for today, that everybody's difficulty is very different. So that for a teenager was a meltdown. I cannot meet with my friends. There's some of you here that your difficulty could be, I am alone, I feel lonely. Some people, their difficulty could be, that you've had an appointment with a doctor and they've given you this very, very sad news. And you feel, Phew, this, this, this hit me. In fact, some people, the doctors would have looked at you and said, actually, this is happening to you and there is no way ha- out of it. Meanwhile, there'll be some people whose difficulties is just that at work, they're struggling with a boss. Why am I saying this? What I'm saying is that... All of us 
have our difficulties. And we're not going to measure them because we serve a God who recognizes what we're going through, whatever stage we're in. So my, the minor meltdown my son had yesterday, God recognized it. I don't know about me, but God did. Yours, your trouble that is so big, that is oppressing, God recognizes it. Someone else next to you might think, oh, that's absolutely nothing. Why does that bother you? But we serve a God that recognizes our problems, that recognizes our mountains, that recognizes the things that we face. So we're going to go to the book of Luke. And I'm going to just quickly, because I'm sure there's some people here that might not know this story. So Jesus, Jesus is about to be crucified. And he's told his disciples that this is going to happen to him. In Luke 23, the day has come and Jesus has gone through the walk and gone through this. He didn't do anything wrong, but some people were going for him. We're going to pick up from verse 23. Um, and before I read that, we know that a few verses, or a few chapters before that, Jesus, this was going to be a very, very difficult thing for Jesus to do. The Almighty God said to his Father, said, if only this cup will pass, but not my will, let your will be done. So this is, Jesus recognizes that what he's going to go through now is going to be really, really tough. Let's read together. And he says in verse 32, two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. I want, I'm just going to tell you something really small about this execution. So Jesus knows what he's going to go through, but he's, there are two criminals next to him who are going to be executed. And uh, you and I will say, that is a pretty difficult time. And you could get away and say, well, Jesus is God. He knew what was going to happen to him. But there are two normal people next to him who have seen it happen before. So I looked at it. That process that they were going to go through was really horrible. There were two reasons why the Romans used to do that in those times. One of them was that it was done in a place where everybody can see it. So not only were they going to be executed, it was going to be a painful death. But the idea is that when they are hung up there and killed and shamed, the families will be ashamed of what their children have done. The people who are around will get the message that you know what they've done? Don't ever do it. So it was a statement to the people around. But something that's very, very horrible about it is the fact that the, the type of death was going to be horrible. The idea of that death was so that every minute of being on that cross, they would feel the pain. They would feel pain until the very last second you know, a place where it would, to them, feel like, you know what, death, come. So the type of execution was very well planned. There was a message to the people, and it was meant to be really painful. Let's keep reading. It says, 
When they came to the place called the skull, they executed him there, along with the criminals. One on his right, the other on, the, on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting a lot. You know, I, we talked, I tried to get us to a place where we could just think about what difficult it means to be going through a difficult time. But I don't think anything can get as difficult as knowing that you're staring death in the face. That's what these people had to go through. So it was the ultimate of difficulties. They knew that nobody was going to save them. I don't know what you're going through. And I'm not going to say to you that I can understand. In fact, I wouldn't even dare to say that it was worse than this because you know what you know and you feel what you feel. But I know for a fact that if I had to be in the place that they were in, that would be pretty much one of the worst places to be in the world at that time. But these people had to. And I know that we're talking about being in an encounter with Jesus. Let's see, um, going to verse 39, what happens with them. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at Jesus. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. We're going to read more, but I'm, I'm going to stop there again. So, these two people, everything is the same. They're going through a difficult time. They meet the Messiah. Like you and I always have this encounter with Jesus. Like you've had an encounter with Jesus today. Like we will encounter Jesus every day of our lives. But one thing we also know about Jesus, and we're told last week, he does not force himself on anyone. You are going to choose what you will do with that encounter. I know it's a difficult time. I know that it's very difficult. I know that whatever it is, whether it's addiction, whether it's loneliness, you know, I don't know what it is. Whether it's problems at work, whether it's a financial struggle or financial difficulty. In fact, whether it's something that you honestly know that you cost yourself, because these guys are criminals. Some of us, as Christians, would have walked past them and thought, they deserved it. They earned it. They're criminals, and therefore, they should be there. But Jesus, thank God that he hasn't come to give us what we deserve. <laughs> because if he came to give us what we deserved, None of us will be here today. But on this day, these are criminals who were meant to be there. They encountered Jesus, the amazing one. But let us look at the differences in their reactions. One of the criminals who hung there and hurled insults at him and said to him, you, aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God? He said. 
since you are under the same sentence. We are punished justly, for we are getting whatever our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing. Let's explore the difference in the two of them. I, I think that one of them, the guy who says, you know, who cares? I, I actually feel that part of him was, was the fear of what he was about to encounter. He was probably ashamed because there's a chance that his family is standing there watching what was going to happen to him. He was bitter, very, very bitter. He rejected, though, all the things that he had heard about Jesus. How do I know that he had heard things about Jesus? Because of what the other guy said. The other guy had heard the same things he had heard about Jesus. But the difference was, the one was honest. And I thank God for the words that came this morning. Because to be able to go to God and say, I need help, there has to be a level of honesty. You've got to say, Father, this is where I'm at. And he was humble. He was humble. And that's one thing that the society doesn't push anymore. Humility. He got to a place where he thought, you know, I'm going to face death. He, he knew he was going to die. But he was humble enough to submit to Jesus. He needed help. So he sought help. But more than that, we know from what we will read is that he had heard about Jesus. What have you heard about Jesus? What is your reaction to what you've heard about Jesus? Is what you're going through making you feel that Jesus can't help me? Because that's what that, the other guy said, bottom line, you can't help me. You can't even help yourself. The, other, the guy who accepts Jesus says, I've heard about you. You can help me. And then he says, he tells his other guy off and he says, but this man has done nothing wrong. In verse 42, he says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. That still fascinates me because I, I would have thought he would say, get me out of here. <laughs> And I'm going to say something now that's really, really hard, hard, hard for me to take it. That there's sometimes when we're difficult, going through difficult situations, Jesus saying to us, put away your solution and look at my solution. Take away what you've been told about how it is done and seek. And I think that's the word that came today. Seek me to find out how I want you to do it. You know, I do it. A lot of us, when we were going through a difficult time, one of the very first things that we do is we, we quickly go on Google. A friend of my sister is really funny. She calls, she says, Google is, is almost like an oracle. Honestly, if, I mean, you find anything. So I went, what's it? I mean, seriously, I went and checked what's the definition of encounter. I got the response. 
some of us were told things, you go on there. I have a pain on my neck. I go on there. Fine. But after you've done that, what do you do? Do you go in there? Do you go and find out what Jesus is saying about what you were going through? Do you find out what Jesus is saying about your situation? There's, I'm going to share quickly some of the promises that God has. Not, not too many, just a few. The Bible is full of promises, and we, we're t- talking about promise today. Psalm 91.1 says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. It says, And I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, He is my fortress, my God in Him will I trust. I'm sure you'll have a lot. Acts 17, 28 says, In him I leave and move and have my being. The Bible says that my life is hid with Christ. So this is me. This is Christ in God. Amazing. That's great security, isn't it? So this is me and this is Jesus and in God. It doesn't get better than that. Isaiah 43 talks about, if you read it, Isaiah 43, 1, 2, you can read 1 to about 10. He talks about the fact that when you go through fire, when you go through water, he says, I will not leave you. They're great promises. They're amazing what the God has said. I'll tell you something else he says. Isaiah 40, 40 29, 23, um, 30, 29 to 31, 31 especially says that you wait. He said, those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not go faint. And they will not go weary. Walk and not go weary. That's God's promises to us. But we'll go back to these two men that we're talking about this morning. I think the man today, the one who chooses to encounter Jesus' promise, he marvels me because he says, verse 42 says, Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him and said, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Actually, God is going to be with us whatever we go through. But the ultimate promise is what happens to us when Jesus comes. So there's so many blessings and wonderful things that come with Jesus. But the ultimate promise that God has given us is our place when he comes back. So even though we're talking about promises this morning, I want us to remember very well that whatever you're going through, God will be there. What you are going through, God is there. But ultimately, where he's taking you to is a place where when he comes back, because he will come back to take us home. And it's amazing that the criminal has had an amazing experience with God. I I don't know what he's heard because when I read that, I thought, wow, even I forget that. Even I always think, God, I want more of this. I want more of that. I want more. You know, God gives you a one-bedroom. You want two-bedroom. He gives you the two. You want five. 
I mean, they're amazing. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. If your children are achieving this, you say, God, I just want more for them. There's nothing wrong with that. God's blessed you with this amazing job. You want more. There's nothing wrong with that. But let us not lose sight of what the criminal remembers. He knows that this, I'm, he's facing the worst thing that he could ever face. But he's remembering that the ultimate place is with Jesus. Finally, I'm going to read some scriptures to us in Hebrews 11. And um, if you want to, when you get home, or when you're doing your quiet time, read Hebrews. It's, it's great. So Hebrews 11 is a, a list of sort of like a hall of fame of people who have done great things in faith. Um, and I'll, I'll, give you, I'll just give you a few of them. So it talks about Noah. We all, some of us will know. It talks about Abraham. It talks about um, Jacob, Moses, all these people that have done huge things. I mean, Moses, wow, I would love to have that experience where, you know, somebody is stressing me out, is not doing something, and I just take a staff and put it on the floor, and it's a snake. That's how far he has gone with God, and that's what he does. But I'm going to read something, and I please ask you to, to open your spirits while I read this. I'm going to start from verse 35. So it talks about all these amazing things that people achieved for God. And it says, women received back their, their dead, raised alive. That's an example of awesome things that people have done for Jesus. But this one catches my heart. There were others who were tortured, refused to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. What is that? <laughs> Some faced difficulty and were flogged and even chained and imprisoned. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskin and goatskin. They were destitute they were prosecuted, and they were mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in the hole in the ground. All of these people. And verse 38 says, These were all commended for their faith. So people who even in the search of God, did not get what they thought that God was saying they should have. The Bible says they were commended. But, you know, it says these were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what they had been promised. Verse 40 says, I love it, since God had planned something better for us so that only together will, with us would they be made perfect. That in this journey that we are going through with God, the ultimate is what Jesus is coming back to do to take us home.
And I know, because I'm part of it, is that because of our everyday life, we get used to being in this everyday hustle and everyday life. We forget that there is an ultimate thing that we're supposed to be, what's the word? Proclaiming to the world the opportunity for people around us who do not know Jesus to know Jesus. We get in this wheel of life every day and we forget that the most important message that you would ever give someone is you need to get saved. The ultimate message you've got to say to someone is Jesus loves you and I'm going to pray for you because of what you're going through. But the most important prayer that I can pray with you is that you get to know him. That's it. That's the biggest, the, the most powerful prayer that we can ever pray with or for anyone is that they get to, get to know Jesus. Whatever we're going through, Jesus is there. And I know it's hard, but I like what was said this morning again. And I'll keep going back because it's an awesome. You're not doing it on your own. You just need to find somebody who can do this with you. So you're a mom or a dad and you're struggling with your children. You're not doing it alone. We're not meant to be doing it alone. If you're doing it alone, there's something wrong. You're not supposed to be doing it alone. In fact, part of the promise is not that you do it alone. I know that it's, it's not an easy thing to, to, to hear when we say, God, you know, there's someone out there who's saying, I, I, I every day I'm in pain. Someone out there, someone in this room who's saying, I'm going through so much pain and I'm having to medicate myself every day because of this pain. I'm not saying that Jesus doesn't want to do it because he will. That's his word. I'm just saying that in all of our troubles, in all of our struggles, let us always remember that the ultimate promise is Jesus is coming back to take us home. You know, once you embrace, once we embrace that fact, there is one hold that the enemy will not have on you. Honestly, when he knows that when you're going through what you're going through, you are going through with Jesus who is able to take you through. But then ultimately, there is a knowledge that this Jesus who's able to take me through it is preparing a home for me to be with him when he comes back. That is our joy. 